Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo, or at least one of them. It kind of depends and probably some rando too, but no complaining because this is free. Free. This is beauty and the beta bonus audio content. Hello and welcome to the show. This week I was a guest on the Game of Microphones podcast. Join Game of Microphones each week with host Lord Sterling, Sir Duncan, the Fearsome, and Lady Rachel of House Fox as they go in-depth and celebrate this amazing, dark, and complex show, Game of Thrones. After each episode of Season 8, the Game of Microphones podcast goes live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And then during the week, they drop a more in-depth episode with all the bells and whistles. During my appearance this week, we broke down the first episode of season eight, the final season of the show. Obviously, I will caution you that there are plenty of spoilers ahead if you are not caught up yet. But if you like what you hear, and I hope that you will, check out the Game of Microphones podcast using the links in the description. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Game of Microphones is brought to you by CMG Podcasts. What you have been I executed men who disobeyed me. You've also spared men. Thousands of wildlings when they refused to nail. I wasn't a king. But you were. You've always been. I gave up my crown, Sam. I bent the knee. I'm not king in the north anymore. I'm not talking about the king in the north. I'm talking about the king of the bloody seven kingdoms. Your mother was Lyanna Stark. And your father, your real father, was Rhaegar Targaryen. You've never been a bastard. You are Aegon Targaryen, true heir to the Iron Throne. And now, from the crypts of Winterfell, It's your favorite podcast of Thrones, Game of Microphones, with Sir Duncan and Lady Rachel. Winter is here. Well met, freezing southerners and stubborn northerners, and welcome to Game of Microphones. I'm Lord Sterling, Sir Duncan, Lord of Castle Sterling by the Sea. And I'm Lady Rachel of House Fox, the obsessed. (laughs) And this is episode 110. Joining us today is a special guest, Lord Matt of House Christensen, champion of liberty. Thanks so much for joining us today, Matt. I was wondering if you prepared a title or not. Thank you, (laughs) because I I didn't have one on the spot. I thought, oh crap, am I going to have to... Invent one. I figured I'd come up with something for you just in case. (laughs) You're welcome. Thanks for coming here today, man. Sure, thanks for having me. You're welcome. So you've got your own pretty significant YouTube and podcasting presence as well. Where can people find your work? 
Yeah, uh, I do solo YouTube videos twice a week. I do uh, a, a political, current events, pop culture podcast on uh, Sunday nights, live on YouTube as well. It's all at uh, mattchristensenmedia.com. Last name is long, but it's Christian, like the religion, S-E-N, mattchristensenmedia.com. You can find it all there. Perfect. On this episode of our Season 8 Watch, we're covering the Game of Thrones Season 8 premiere, Winterfell. And in case you're not already aware, this podcast is from the perspective of someone who's current on the show. That means you've seen up through Season 8, Episode 1. If not, there's still time to be nailed to a wall and left to die by an undead army, only to be reanimated and burned alive as you attempt to attack your former allies so you don't have to hear these spoilers. Damn. Warning. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. What'd you guys think? How about you, Matt? I'm a little nervous to discuss because I don't want to be a wet blanket. (laughs) It's Um, all good. Honestly, I was mildly disappointed last night, but I understand why they went the direction that they did. That is to say, to me... It was a little too much parade of like, hey, look who's still alive. Hey, remember this conflict? And that was a thing. Remember this? I get it. It's been like two years. <laughs> and and I liked, um, you know, the, I guess the best moments to me were, were how some of those conflicts revealed themselves. Like when Sam speaks with Daenerys, that oh, was really man. cool. Yeah. Oh, damn. John, John learning the truth is cool. That said, for the viewer... That's not new information. I like to see the characters learn that, but it's not mm-hmm. new information. If, to me, this felt like a massive setup episode. Definitely. Which I understand given where it fits after a two-year break, start of a season. Got to build the tension and the hype for what's to come. But uh, when the credits rolled last night, I was, you know, you had the... You had yet another, oh man, remember these people <laughs> from season one? Yeah. When he pushed them out of the window, that's, it cuts right there. I'm thinking like... All right, it's just tension. The whole thing is just tension. And I know the next few episodes uh, are going to be awesome. I can tell that all, all of these conflicts are going to have to be resolved, I know, right? right? They only have so much time. But that's why I was a little disappointed is because it, it just there, what, the, there wasn't a ton of plot advancement. Sure. Yet. You're not the yeah. only one. I feel kind of the same way. Um, I was kind of afraid I was going to be the wet blanket on this mm. podcast today. So <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone in that. I totally echo. I was, I guess my thing was, is I really wasn't sure what to expect for the first episode. You nailed the so, first scene though. You, you, you called exactly what happened with the first scene. You predicted the first shot we would get would be, you know, the, the crew arriving at Winterfell. So nailed that. And, Boy, was that an incredible scene. Um, I liked, you know, I echo what Matt's saying. I liked the reunions, but I felt that it was just ramping up for an amazing season eight. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think there was so much hype because we've been missing this show for, you know, almost 600 days. And <laughs> I was like wanting the Game of Thrones aspect back, but we do need to kind of reacquaint ourselves um, with the characters. So I just feel, I felt a little melancholy, I guess, after sure, I feel it you. ended. It just sucks that we have a setup episode at a time where we only have six episodes left. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, if it was like the beginning of season four, season five, we get a total setup episode. It wouldn't be a big deal because there's 10 episodes, still a whole series left. Now there's only what, like six, seven episodes or six, seven hours total of the show left. So, yeah. 
But then again, big things were happening in this episode, like things that I wasn't expecting to happen until like later on in the season, like John riding a dragon, for instance. Oh, Holy my God, that shit. came out of left field for sure. Yeah, I was expecting that to be sort of like a spur of the moment, like Hail Mary attempt to save the day. John is forced to try to mount a dragon. But no, Daenerys yeah. just tells him, hop right on. I was a little surprised about that, too. Yeah. Again, I was I felt like. Okay, this is so awesome. We're getting so much dragon content and John's riding a dragon. But it's I felt like it should come at a more like intense time, not like, oh hey, let's just go for a joy joyride on our dragons. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it was pretty cool though. <laughs> What'd you think about the uh, dragon CGI in this scene, Matt? Well, I didn't realize the significance of it until we watched some of the director commentary oh, after I it. didn't get to watch that. I, I yet. guess so. So I'm not well, I guess spoiler oh, alert fine. there. <laughs> but but uh I'm not I'm not like the biggest Game of Thrones nerd of all time. Like you know, I I enjoy it, but I don't know a lot of the ins and outs. I was not aware that only Targaryens can ride dragons mm. uh, apparently. So so this was the, sort of the tip off and the director I forget which one, but he was saying uh, th this is a, a tip or something that should have kind of clued John in prior to the reveal, but John's not and always Danny the quickest always, one. Yeah, so. John knows nothing. <laughs> yeah, he knows nothing. So I, when I was watching the scene, I, that didn't click to me. I didn't think, oh, he should realize that only Targaryens can do this. So right, right. You should take this as a massive clue. But I guess John was in the same position that I was, which is like. I just figured a guy can ride just a dragon with it. Wants, <laughs> as long as the dragon doesn't eat him or something. It, I don't think it's like I a, that too. Yeah, it's not like a law of nature that only Targaryens can ride dragons, but Targaryens with their Valyrian blood are much more easily accepted as being uh, like allies to dragons. They can like right. smell it. Okay. So, so there, there have been instances in history, in Westerosi history, where other people have mounted dragons. Like I think somebody managed to mount sheep stealer or you know one of these wild dragons in westeros yes a bastard girl named nettles of unknown origin born to a dockside whore somehow managed to mount the dragon sheep stealer a wild dragon that roamed westeros but it typically yeah you're right it's just targaryen so this happened yeah. and there were a couple other things like john saying that in the, the towards the end of last season that he doesn't enjoy what he's good at that was referencing how he doesn't like killing even though he has to and mm. it it perfectly mirrored what Barristan the Bold had told Danny about Rhaegar, her brother and John's father, who also was great at killing and sword fighting, but just didn't enjoy it. Wasn't his thing. So that there's all these little things that have been happening that'll be clues for Danny as she as the pieces are put it together. And Shouldn't she's told this have been like the biggest clue though. Totally, like, this yeah. Rhaegar lets him ride him. Yeah, so she, like, yeah. Didn't she be kind of on that thought process of okay? Right. He's riding a if, dragon. If she hasn't figured it out yet, like as far as she knows, she, he's a snow. So there's no reason for anybody to think that he's a Targaryen per That's se. True. But once she hears it and finds out the truth and starts thinking back about all these things that have happened, she's going to realize that all the pieces fit together perfectly. And th then the question is, will she bend the knee to him? Because he'll be the rightful heir, right? I got to think at least one of them is dead before season end. <laughs> oh, totally. I agree. I, agree. I, I, ha I have to think that happens. But it's one or the other for sure. I, I yeah. have, I'm one of these weird people that kind of hopes like 
Cersei or someone wins in the end. I, want, <laughs> I don't want a feel good ending. I want like some piece of crap. Hurt me. Like, or like the Night King sitting on the throne or yeah. something like that. Something would, uns- yeah. yeah. Something I would not be disappointed by that. Totally disheartening to be yeah. like something dark. That'd be cool. It'd be awesome. It'd be so ballsy, man. Like, no, spoiler yeah. alert, Avengers Infinity War, like end on some like hardcore note like that movie did. That'd be hmm. so cool. Well, that's one of the a million movies that I have never seen because I don't watch any. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big movie guy either. That's We're kind of a gag on our show is like I never know any movie reference that anybody <laughs> ever makes. It's because I'm such a, such a terrible movie watcher, but I do watch Thrones. That's about it. There you go. There you so go. Um, why don't we start out with our with your number three, Matt? Sure. So top top three moments of the show. Is that yep. the bit? Okay, so the coolest moment for me was uh was definitely the conversation between Daenerys and Samwell. Oh, which nice. I I had actually forgotten. There's there's so many wrinkles and layers. I had actually forgotten that scene. So when I when she when Sam asks about his uh, dad and his brother and she reveals that information, that was actually a reminder to me too and I'm on my couch thinking, right. "Oh, yeah." yeah. Ooh, Dual function rough. Exposition mixed into dialogue. So, so it's yeah. informing a character and the audience at the same time. Pretty good uh, writing technique there. So that was really cool. That that was the uh the moment that stood out the most to me. The reveal to John towards the end of the episode about the the truth of his uh his lineage. Mm, yeah. Um, we all knew it was coming. I, you know, I can't say that it, ex- I can't say that it exceeded or, or failed to live up to my expectations. I thought it was well-performed and, and um, I guess it was kind of cool that he learned through Samwell too. You kind of wonder yeah, how is that information going to come to him? And it was kind of nice to see that what is difficult information that he almost seems to deny for the purposes of loyalty or whatever else, loyalty to Ned and loyalty to Daenerys. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. To learn that through a trusted friend, I think, was kind of cool. Um, and then third, I actually don't even get this. Maybe you guys can explain it to me, what was going on. But what was this at the wall? What was this, like, thing of dismembered body parts and the <laughs> screaming oh, the kid? Like, that was yeah. that freaked me out when that thing started screaming and they lit it on fire. Pretty crazy, right? I don't right? even know what was going on there. I don't even so, get it. So that kid was the first kid that we saw in this episode. Seven oh. or eight-year-old Ned Umber, who was like, he was clamoring Umber. around, climbing up to get a view of Daenerys and Jon as they're arriving. Yeah. Mirror, that was mirroring what Arya did in season one, episode one, right. when King and Robert Brand. was arriving. Yeah, they're all climbing, trying to figure out what's going on. So that kid gets sent north to to come back with his house to Winterfell for safety, but he's intercepted because the the Night King and the army breached the wall at the end of last episode. So now yeah. they've moved down, and that guy's castle, um, Last Hearth, is uh, is the closest castle to the wall. So, oh, was, so that actually wasn't at the wall. Yeah, that was nearby. Yep. So Tormund, okay. Giantsbane, and Beric, and Dolorous Ed, and those guys—they were headed south from the wall to try to retreat to Winterfell, and they're basically chasing the Night King's army who breached gotcha. the wall and are are causing havoc. So they're coming acro- upon the ruins of the havoc of the army, and they're like, "Oh my god!" So it's super sad that we see that kid running around having a good time the beginning of the episode, and then he's nailed to the wall at the end and. Yeah. set a blaze hopefully that's the last like a... ned we see die on game of thrones oh he's also <laughs> ned the same yeah. name yeah okay. yes yes I, I believe he was named after ned stark if i'm not mistaken okay and these like spiral symbols mm. we've seen these symbols from actually the very 
first pilot episode when the rangers range north of the wall they find the wildling body parts arranged in kind of like this circular um you know symbol with a line down the center of it um, we also get the spiral pattern at the fists of the first men with the body parts of the horses and then we also get it when um, the night it, king is created Yes, at the weirwood tree, it's a big spiral. Yeah, we get that overhead shot looking down at the tree, and there are these stones, like standing stones lined up in a spiral pattern all the way around the outside of the tree. And they also, these these, um, symbols also appear in the dragon glass cave at Dragonstone. And we're, as a viewer, we're really not sure what they represent yet, but we know that they come from the children of the forest and the children of the forest are who created the night King. So Hmm. when he said that it's a message from the night King, we don't necessarily know what that message is yet, but we've seen these symbols before. Yeah. Okay, man. What a heartbreaking scene when, when Sam learns the truth about his family. I mean, there was no love lost between him and Randall. So while he was shocked, I don't think he was necessarily too upset about the death of learning that his father died. Um, but he, you know, he says, Oh, at least I'll be back loud back home. You know, now that my brother's Lord and yeah, you know, you think everything's like kind of all right. Well, we know it's not, but, uh, she drops the news on him and man, what a piece of acting by, by, um, this actor here. Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name at the moment, but man, he, this huge frown oh, on him, and he's he's and shaking. Like a and, lip. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really hard not to to feel sympathy for that character when when watching that scene. Um, man, yeah. What did you guys think about about that scene? I'm just glad that Danny was brave enough to tell him and make that connection right. and be the one to bear the news. I'm surprised that Jorah didn't notice. You know, Jorah knew who he was, although maybe Sam didn't tell him his last name at the Citadel. Hmm. Not sure. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember. I, I don't know. I remember that their conversation at the Citadel was mostly surrounding that um, he was a Night's Watchman and served with, with uh, Jor. his father. Right. Yeah. So we learned that. You know, Daenerys is informed that Samwell basically saved her best friend from the grayscale. And then the situation totally reverses as we learn that Daenerys murdered Sam's family. <laughs> and so she's essentially thanked Samwell for his good deeds by destroying his house. Yeah. Well, is, at least he gets to keep the sword that he was hoping for a pardon with. Yeah, yeah, true. I was thinking last night, what if Sam ends up being the one who has to kill Daenerys? Because oh. of <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't know, Sam is always, um, oh, he's always like the unlikely hero or like pulling off unlikely feats, I suppose. Totally. Um, like when he killed the White Walker and stuff like that. Oh, it was so good. Um, he's a self-proclaimed coward, but he really stands up in, in times of need. Yeah. He somehow pulls it together. Uh, and so I just, I, I don't know. I like to think about... I just hope there's some some bizarre twist like that that nobody sees coming uh, in the end of all of this. I just hope it's not predictable. But given how the show has resu- has unfolded so far, I doubt it will be. Mm. Uh, have you have you guys heard the? Um, I'm sure you have, given how invested you are in the show. But the theory that Ned Stark is still alive. Oh, Ned is still alive. Yeah. That he was oh, replaced no, I have by not heard uh, that one. So the idea here is that uh, that that. 
you guys might remember better than I than I will. But when Ned was in prison in season one, there was either what's the main the the main guy who's the the many faced guy Jack and Hagar Jack and right it, I forget if it's him or one of his many faced guys who are in the prison with yeah it was him Ned right so the question is then why would a many faced guy be, be in, in prison at cells. all unless he wanted to be right so the idea is that Ned was not actually executed but somebody many faced into Ned <laughs> and Ned still lives and is going to return I, I don't know i want to see something like that dude that would That's, be so crazy this kind of sounds like my little finger theory oh yeah what's true. that what's that so i um i've watched the series more times than i care to admit and <laughs> mm. over the course of my many rewatches, i started getting this feeling that when Littlefinger is up at winterfell he pays a faceless man to take his place in his death because oh, we see okay. him hand a girl a coin it's an iron coin yeah. and she whispers to him if you turn it up super loud or put the subtitles on she says your time is up and he hands oh. her a coin and his was it grandfather or great grandfather was from from, from Bravos. Bravos? Yeah, so he, he has this Bravosi connection, right? And he he was I known would... for squeezing gold out of the Iron Bank, basically. So he has these Bravosi connections. Mm. Yeah. So I, I think he's alive still. I wouldn't be surprised if we get one of these many faced surprises like this. I, I bet <laughs> that'll happen. Whether it's so. Ned or Littlefinger or somebody like that, somebody who's presumed to be dead or thought to be dead, will return. Through this mechanism. I have yeah. hope for that. I have hope I too. Like That'd it. be so cool. The Sirio yeah. Pharrell is the other big one that people think may still be alive. Arya's water dancing teacher. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> people think he could have been replaced Bravos, by a... Yeah. He might have a connection. Yeah. Uh. So, so what's, uh, what's your number three, Lady Rachel? My number three is the opening scene with little Ned Umber. Oh, um, nice. Running through the forest. And I kind of dubbed it the flashback that's not a flashback right it was so cool how they totally mirrored that pilot episode scene they even have the baratheon music playing i know i noticed that too what the hell what the hell yeah so it was very reminiscent of when robert um king robert showed up at winterfell with um you know the whole lannister and baratheon train and um so many parallels the tree really reminded me of Bran climbing up the Bannermans at Winterfell to get a peek of the army marching in and John riding in on that big black horse with the big cape and jumping off to go give Bran a hug. It just really was so reminiscent for me of the pilot episode for sure. Nice. Yeah, it's such a great scene. I, I noticed the, the Baratheon music playing as well after having heard it repeat so many times while the Blu-ray was sitting on pause on the menu screen. Um, but yeah, how about the uh, how about that new intro sequence with all the updated graphics and everything like that? What'd you guys oh, think yeah. of that? I, I knew when I saw that like little ice trail yeah, the tiles going down, flipping down and it ended at the last hearth. I knew that something was going to happen at the last hearth this episode. Every episode, we're going to see those tiles go farther and farther and we're going to see the ice expand farther south, I bet. I think that's <laughs> what they're going for. And um, we see the crypts of Winterfell. I really think the crypts of Winterfell are going to be key in whoever survives the Battle of Winterfell. 
I think the Crips are really going to play a huge role in that um, survival-wise because they're supposed to be miles deep. Um, Winterfell in the books is set on hot springs, so it stays um, like the walls stay warm. Yeah, water flows through the walls, supposedly. Yeah, interestingly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) so I love that we get... Oh, and Duncan, so remember my the wheel um, oh, yeah. analogy that I did? Okay, so the sun now spins counterclockwise. So it totally threw me for a loop. I'm going to have to go back and reanalyze, <laughs> reanalyze what that means. So nice. that's probably like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, she, she has a theory where she analyzed the intro ring with all the different um, house sigils gotcha. and like try to figure out what they're if there was like hidden messages in there is gonna break i actually didn't even realize that the intro had subtle changes previously yeah you know, i, like I never show locations either. differently and stuff i noticed it this time because the change was so much drastic. more dramatic um but my and i know there were people who had strong feelings about that because like anything people are devoted to change <laughs> I, I hate change um, <laughs> and i get that i didn't you know the graphics on the intro to me i've never really looked that deep into the subtleties of them to try to interpret them but yeah, for me here. it's like as long as that intro music doesn't change i don't care <laughs> right yeah, uh, yeah as long as long as that stays the same because it's it's it hits just as good as star wars or anything else does and it as far as setting the stage for any show or movie experience game of thrones is 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 up there you wonder what it would be like if it had some lame <laughs> crappy song yeah. you know or just like ruin the vibe yeah. um but uh, yeah, I actually just found online the other day, randomly browsing around, but I found a little music box, like little manufactured music boxes and you crank it and it's the Game of Thrones theme and little chimes. <laughs> I'm waiting for that to come in the mail. Oh, nice. Just because, you know, when the show's not on anymore, I'll totally. have that in the future as a mantelpiece or something. I noticed that- It's um, my alarm clock in the morning. Oh man, I might uh, have to do that. I noticed that you played a couple seconds of the Game of Thrones theme last night on your live show too. Oh yeah. The well, like, the gag was, of course, um, uh, we go our 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 time slot on YouTube is nine Eastern on Sunday nights. Which, oh, so the music you know, starts at the same time as the show, right? That was kind of the gag I was aiming for: is like <laughs> someone turning on the TV. It's Game of Thrones, and they're actually like, "Nope, this can wait. I'm going to I'm going to the stream." That's great. So, uh, anything else you want to add about that intro scene, Rachel? Um. Sansa needs to get that stick out of her ass. That's, Mm. I mean, like, I love Sansa. She's been growing on me as a character. But my God, this episode, I just kind of wanted to slap her and just be like, open up a little bit. It just shows you like John is sort of thinking on a different level and has been for a number of seasons where he sees the big picture and realizes that the Night King is the threat and that it's really just all that matters is the battle between life and death. And, you know, slowly other people around him are starting to come around to that. But Sansa's just not quite there yet. Otherwise, she would see the importance of the dragons. And, and she's and, doing a great job of le- of being Lady of Winterfell. I think she really has slid into that role and is doing a really great job. But she needs to realize that it doesn't matter whether he loves her or not. Daenerys Targaryen is an invaluable ally in this war. She has dragons. They breathe fire. And what kills the White Walkers? fire so why don't you just like smile and be just slightly nice to her i just feel like that tension it's either going to grow to some type of climax or they're gonna have like a little heart to heart and kind of get on the same page and i'm hoping for that but this is game of thrones we got a little bit of a heart to heart at the end of this episode when uh, they sort of connected and john was like do you have any faith in me at all 
<laughs> you know? That's pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. And his voiceovers like, are awesome. She'll, yeah. You know, she'll she'll be a good queen for all of us. He says, and Sansa's like, oh yeah. She kind of like warms up to it a little bit by the end of this episode. So I'm hoping that that tension disappears, and it, it inevitably will. They had to have some people up north not want to accept Daenerys and not want to accept this because northern folks are known for their stubbornness and their their hard headedness. So it would have been it wouldn't have made any sense if everybody was just like, okay, cool, Dragon Queen, come on in, you know. I, I had difficulty interpreting some of that conflict. That is to say, is is it something about Daenerys uniquely that Sansa dislikes, or is it just her her protectionism Good for question. her house? I th- it, well, that is to say, could Daenerys be anybody, and Sansa hates her the same? I think that or is it something um, about Daenerys? It one Daenerys is the so- the daughter of the Mad King, and the Mad King mm. murdered their grandfather and uncle. That's right. Um, okay. So that's kind of crazy too. They don't trust the Targaryens. Yeah. The North just don't like the Targaryens in general. And I think that's where some of this distrust might be stemming from. But I also think it seeds that little finger planted about John yeah, bending he can, the knee to Danny yep. because she's beautiful and right, he okay. wants to marry her. It's yeah, like fucking little Sansa's, finger. He's still screwing us over from the She's trying grave. to figure out, like, are you bending the knee because you want some of Danny or are you bending the knee because you truly think that she can win this war against the night King? Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, the the North was its own kingdom. It's separate from the rest for thousands of years. And the Northern King, the last Northern King, um, what's his face? Um, One of the Starks. um, Torin. Torin Stark. Yeah. He knelt to a Targaryen, to Aegon the Conqueror. So it's it's like a sort of history repeating itself. Finally, the Northern Kingdom gets its own autonomy and sovereignty. And then all of a sudden, this this foreign ruler comes in with dragons and is like, fuck all you guys, we're taking this back. You know? <laughs> so it makes sense for them to be real fucking mad. For Sansa, too, it'd be... As far as I recall, it. I don't remember her... Providing a better plan. Maybe I missed that. That's kind of what's annoying. It's like, I get where you're coming from, but... Right. You're right. It's a bad plan. What's your plan? Uh, unless you have... Um, even the part in this episode where she's kind of bitter, like, well, I didn't plan to feed these armies, and what do <laughs> dragons even eat? Like... Well, a uh, good problem to have that you have dragons. Right. We'll figure out how to feed right. them. And the largest army in Westeros now. Yeah. These are all good, good problems. Yes, they pose issues about, you know, provisions. But, you know, I'm sure Danny's probably regretting burning up that loot train oh, last man. season with Such all the provisions. That was yeah. They should have turned them north. But, yeah, I mean, it could cause a problem, but I think... The more immediate issue is that the Night King is like if if they're at the last hearth, they're like a day away from Winterfell. <laughs> I don't know about that, it's, but it's they're, they're pretty close. A day, and, a, a day and a half. Is that okay? how far it is? I think so. I think it's pretty close. Mm. It was close on the map, and I don't know how to scale that <laughs> opening credit is, but I think they're going to have enough provisions to last them till the the war. Hopefully. I mean, it's it's coming. So it's coming soon. <laughs> 
Speaking of dragons, we get the dragons buzzing Winterfell and flying down right over the top of Winterfell as Danny arrives and everybody's taken, you know, just astonished with the sight. We get Arya's first glimpse of a dragon and she smiles after She's seeing stoked. it go by. And then we see the, the, the flying over the battlements and Sansa turns to watch them and she does not smile. She is very stone-faced. She's got a poker face on. It makes it kind of hard to interpret mm-hmm. what she's thinking, but... Judging on what she what her reactions to Danny are later in the episode, she's not too stoked about it, for sure. Yeah, dragons. I I was curious, Duncan, what you thought of Danny's smile when the Northerners started kind of wigging out as the dragons flew overhead. Oh, and John's like, like, I told you, and smiles. Yeah, it's kind of like, ha ha. I felt like I'll show them who they should fear. (laughs) (laughs) She does like, you know, instilling fear in her rivals and potential uh, enemies. So (laughs) that makes sense. We also got, we got Arya seeing Jon and then just disappearing after she sees Sandor. I was wondering, why do you guys think that Arya wasn't there to greet Jon when he finally arrived? I mean, those two are like two peas in a pod. You know, he made her needle and they just like had such a close bond. It was surprising that Arya wasn't there when he, when he got off the horse. Um, I personally think she wanted their reunion to be private. Yeah, it makes sense. And yeah. it could have been clouded by drama if the Hound was there and, you know, that they're being reunited at yeah. the same time. That's kind of what I was thinking. Hmm. Yeah, that, I've forgotten about that, too. There were so many of those moments in this uh, in this episode of yeah. like, hey, I remember you. Oh, yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just kind of staring so at good. each other, glimpses back and forth or even brief dialogue. But it was it was kind of interesting. I liked a lot of that, even though, of course, Arya and the Hound have had a, a, a long history. Mm-hmm. But because the show is so complicated with so many simultaneous narratives and developments and characters, you sometimes forget, oh, yeah, these people haven't really interacted before or these people haven't interacted for like X amount of seasons. Yeah, since they robbed so, you and left you for dead. <laughs> yeah, so they kind of run together and I I, I did appreciate that because it's like, yeah, I guess I, I haven't seen these characters interact or I, I had forgotten. It's like, you know, they're reminiscing about um, about uh, Joffrey's death and stuff. That was what was the line that was given there between Sansa and Tyrion. Oh, it was yeah. Like, Talking about the oh, wedding. It had its good was, moments. Yeah, it had its moments, Sansa said about... About the uh, uh, purple the, wedding. Yeah, which, you know, I mean, <laughs> of, the, of all the things I love about the show, it's like, I mean, nobody's safe in Game of Thrones, so that's the best part. The people you love might die. The people, But every death is is so emotionally involved because you have cases like Joffrey where you've been waiting for it forever and it's the best it delivers. You get to see his weird purple <laughs> yes. stupid face. And then every other character that you love that you're so emotionally invested in, you can't believe they kill off like Ned Stark for, oh in the first God. season. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's why I love the show so much. Like I, I tailed off of The Walking Dead because so many of the the main characters were pretty safe, they had some mm. high profile deaths. I'm not. I don't want to spoil for anybody who's watching it or whatever. <laughs> but but it just, you got the sense that like okay, here and oh no, the the main character's in peril again. Look at him yep, narrowly yep. escape. I can't believe it. That doesn't happen here. It's like it's, on several occasions in this show, it's just you, you you're in those spots where you think no, they they're not going to do this. Are they really? They're going to do this, and they go through with it, and then the credits roll. You're like, all right. Cool. Yeah. They, that's, that's how they get you. Totally. That's, that's why I love the show. <laughs> so good. Nobody's safe. Did you, yeah. uh, did you watch the show right off the bat, Matt, or did you jump on board later? I did not actually start watching it because uh, I've, 
I've never been um into like that. What would you call the genre? And not right, like, like fantasy. fantasy. Yeah, Fantasy, I don't even know. Medieval. Kings and queens and dragons and all that's never been my thing. So I always thought like, ah, that's some that's some nerd crap. But then um, <laughs> same here, man. Some people <laughs> tell me to get into it. So I actually did not watch it until the end of season seven. Oh, and wow. Season it. seven. Yeah. Damn. And then I want I, I so I started that or maybe it was around the start of season seven. I started watching like August, September 2017. Nice. So was nice. that. That was around the time that it was like during that season's run, I think right around there. Yeah. Yeah. Right after and, season seven ended. Yeah. And the the first episode of Game of Thrones is like such a punch in the face that it's like, okay, okay, really? Because I hadn't had no spoilers. I mean, I knew there was like, I knew that incest was a thing in the show and stuff, but I, I just, I guess I just didn't expect such immediate exposure to such adult <laughs> themes let's put it that way hilarious unbelievable. For sure. and so i was like all right i mean okay i can get into this and <laughs> i mean you know how it goes for me i get very i actually get very bored with tv generally i'm not a binge watcher because so so there's so little that captures my attention that much that i can't stop watching it i get bored this was one of those shows where it's like Okay. I, all right. What is it? 1 a.m.? All right. One more. One yeah, more yeah. And then we'll go to bed. It, that kind oh, of thing. It's so good, man. Uh, so I actually finished watching it, watching all, all through seasons, all through the seven seasons within like six weeks or something like that. Like I watched it aggressively. Sounds about and right. And then we watched it uh, all the way through again, like November, December, January this year. Nice. To refresh. Yeah. And that was really fun because I watched it with someone. Um, I didn't catch all the episodes. But most of them, probably like three quarters, was someone who was new to the series. Oh, that's so that, always so much that fun. That was the best because I know what's going to happen. And I'm trying not to <laughs> yeah. spoil, but I'm sitting there kind of like with the grin on my face, yeah. especially for the Red Wedding and stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, you like you like that Rob Stark, do you? That's the best. All right. Enjoy that character. Subtle yeah. comments uh, beforehand like, oh, man, I bet I bet he's going to be in the end game. You know, like <laughs> when, when I'm watching with somebody, I'll say things to throw them off of what's going to happen. Yeah. I'll be like, dude, just wait till season seven with Rob Stark, you know, or something like <laughs> it <laughs> is like, fun when you're watching with someone like that and you try to. um, Yeah, just ask them questions about like, where do you think this is going? Right. Like, what do you think is going to happen with this person or this thing? Preserve and the then mystique. They try to, and then. And then they, they try to have that internal battle in their head where they they can't decide if they want to know or they don't. Like <laughs> yeah. they want the spoiler or they don't. And that's always really fun. So Totally. Um, yeah. So I, I, I should have watched this show, you know, through its, through its whole run. But that's the thing, too, is like when you watch it, when you binge it the way I did, when you want to know the answer to what happens, you have that immediate gratification. Yep. Now. Oh, my God. I don't know. Now I'm watching it in the same. Everybody who watches week by week. Like, uh, you know, I'm really thirsty. I didn't sleep last night. I watched it twice last night. Oh, you watched it through twice? I I did. I I watched it with my husband and he called out some things like he immediately called out who Bran was waiting for. Oh, nice. I was like, oh my God. That was so cool. I was like an old friend, huh? I wonder what he's talking about. Yeah. And I mean, I know obvious. podcasting earlier today than usual. So I wasn't sure if I was going to have a chance to like rewatch it before we got on today. So I decided just to watch it back to back. And I'm kind of glad I did because it really opened up the show for me again. And I've, 
I ended the the second watch a little less melancholy than I did the first watch. Nice. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I have that there feeling, too. There were some moments too. that I got excited about. I, so. I bet that in context with the full season, people will, will enjoy this episode more than like having it end with no action and having to wait another week. It's probably got people a little, little sour about it. Yeah. My husband said, he goes, they need a little bit of happiness because I think there's going to be a lot of death, a lot of destruction, a lot of main characters are going to get killed sure. off. So I Bring it on. We as an audience may look back on this episode as a fond, like, farewell to these yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's, that was the mentality I tried to have last night. Is like, well, if I think about this, where it fits, the piece that it is in this broader picture, it does make sense to me why this approach would be taken in this spot. Mm-hmm. Sure. So yeah, if exactly. I have to wait one more week to, to have the, like, the, there weren't a lot of jaw droppers. And, you know, you're expecting jaw droppers that didn't necessarily happen this mm-hmm. week, but I, I, I know that they must happen in yeah. the coming weeks. So I'm not, I'm not that bummed about it. Yeah, typically with like a, a season premiere, you're expending some, expecting something big and flashy. And instead, they decided to give us like the emotional payoff that we've been waiting for for so long yeah. for all these scenarios. The Hound and Arya being reunited, you know, all these different cool things. <laughs> Duncan, how did you feel about their, their reuniting? Because I know that you love these two as a duo. I thought it was and- perfect, man. I, I did too, but I thought Arya was a little bit colder to him than I thought she would. I think he was going to be warm with her, a little as as warm as the hound can be. Right. Um, but she just cold shouldered him like the whole interaction. I think she's like kind of accentuating how cold she is, so she can like show off the hound to the hound like how far she's come. That she's what a badass she's she a is. badass. Yeah, and I think that you know he's like you are a cold bitch, aren't you? You know, and I, I feel like when he said that he was basically complimenting her like oh i did a good job with my you know my our months together on the road i thought he felt proud with how you know tough she is that was, that was pretty cool yeah what did you think matt what was your um favorite reunion of characters this episode actually the very end the brand jamie oh, yeah. <laughs> the glance i'm like oh yeah yeah i forgot it the, the whole the moment that like made me decide the show was for me yeah because if i'm not mistaken they have had there's been no encounter between those two since, right? right? Yeah. That's not, not ever any. happened. Yep. Same with same with Arya and John too. That they haven't seen each other since the pilot episode. So yeah, like, yeah. like that and, is and huge things. That that singular instance has has spawned so many. Like it, it's it's at the center of so many so much of the show's storylines. Yeah. Like this one instance of pushing the kid out the window. Amazing. Um, wow. Yeah. And. And of course, this episode basically had no Jamie Lannister at all. He just kind of shows up looking like he has some kind of Bieber haircut, by the way. We <laughs> he were commenting like a, on that. He's like, what, what is this? He, yeah, he looks like a, he was a Beatles member or something like that. And then he sees Bran. But that that was also why that was cool. There was pretty much no Jamie Lannister until he shows up and just has this kind of eye glance back and forth with, with Bran Stark. Epic stare down, too. Like, yeah. oh my. And the look on Jamie's like face. Waldo. Oh my God. What yeah. a performance so well. there. Wow. I was yeah. amazed that all the emotion that he was managing to capture with just that stare and the moment where he like turns around and pulls his hood off it sort of reminded me of the the reveal of Luke Skywalker in Star Wars episode 7 uh. right at the end uh. he, you know, he turns around with a hood and does the same thing maybe it was a slight homage to that 
that's one thing we like doing is pointing out homages to other other shows and movies uh, that is, we can find. Is that common in Game of Thrones? I guess I haven't noticed a ton of them, but I, as I said, I'm not the biggest movie buff to know what might be a nod and what wouldn't be. Yeah, there's, there, been, a there's been a bunch. Yeah, definitely. Like mm. there was one where um, Stannis tells John. Um, no, John tells Stannis, "I was told to keep your enemies close." And Stannis is like, uh, he's like, whoever said that didn't you know, didn't have many enemies. <laughs> so that's like a, sure. a Godfather reference. Keep your friends close, your enemies closer. You know. Oh, I see, I see. Type thing. Um, I, I hate to be abrupt, but I'll have to I'll have to call it very soon here. I that's all good, off. my friend. No, we totally understand. Oh. We're just excited to have you on. Sure, th- yeah, this definitely. was fun. I mean, this is this was this was really cool. I don't get opportunities to talk about this kind of stuff very much. So nice. Uh, so that's much appreciated. Well, open door, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And like you, I thought it was a fucking nerdy ass show too. You know, you know. But now look at me. I got fucking swords everywhere and shit. Like <laughs> swords and maps and all kinds of crap. <laughs> If I can ask one question too before I hop off, if it's not inappropriate, anything what are you, you guys want. planning? What are you guys planning to do when the show is over? We're going to cover you, the spinoff series. Um, oh, there is going to be a spinoff. Series. Yeah, one okay. is already yes. in production. It's going to be about the previous long night. So the first time the White oh, Walkers cool. came, that should be really exciting. We're looking forward to doing that. We're we're talking about doing a chapter by chapter book coverage too, and just oh, going okay, through all okay. the books. It would take like six, seven years probably, but it would at least. So it doesn't mean the end of your show though. You don't have to oh, stop yeah. when the show. Ends. We're going to keep going. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, I, I appreciate it very much. You and I'll are be in touch welcome. With you. Sounds good, sure. man. You're Have welcome back anytime, you. dude. Sure. Appreciate it. All right. Nice Bye. meeting you, man. Bye.